Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. Whoa, this, my home just got real quiet, right? As I started the pod, the air conditioning turned off. I don't have any fans on today. This is extraordinarily weird. Welcome to a live mock. I'm Dan Vespers. This is a bonus edition of Fantasy NBA Today, and also we're going to try to keep juicing up the old YouTube streams, which has been uh, really exciting for us here uh, at Sports Ethos. Just the amount of traffic we've had over the last couple of weeks, I think. Uh, number of, of subscribers has been kicking up pretty reliably lately. Um, so very cool. So uh, welcome. Please hit that thumbs up button on the video. That actually goes a long way towards pushing us into the algorithm. Please do subscribe to the YouTube page, and I'll be reminding you guys of that at some point during the middle of the mock. Uh, I just dropped into a 12-teamer on Yahoo. I don't know how many of these people are actually going to be there, so let's cross our fingers. We had really good luck on Monday with 13 out of the 14 teams in uh, in a 14-teamer that showed up. Um, I've said it before. I know that... that Everybody's going to be like, Dan, why don't you just ask people to join the mock? I don't want my followers in my mock draft, which sounds insane and stupid. But hear me out as, again, I like to talk about this like sort of once per episode. I don't want to know what the people that follow me are doing. I want to know what everybody else is doing. And odds are someone in these mock drafts probably already follows me on Twitter. Maybe a couple of them do or the pod or whatever. But I want the bulk of them to be other people, like the people I'd be playing if I joined a Yahoo Pro League, like the people I play, frankly, in home leagues who don't listen to my podcast or follow my stuff on Twitter. And some of them, some of you do, but it's a small percentage. I want the regular, normal percentage, whatever that is, as 11 other people fall out of the sky into a mock draft. So that's why I'm not doing mocks with my own followers um, I think that it creates this weird feedback loop that doesn't really help anybody. Um, right now, oh God, right now there's six people on auto. Hopefully it's just that my thing loaded faster than theirs. Let's, uh, let's see. If it does turn out to be six, then we won't, uh, we won't go very long on this one, but let's, let's hope, uh, someone just left. They probably saw how many people were auto drafting and peace the heck out. I don't blame them. Dude, I'm going to be so mad if this is, if this many people stay auto after I just tried to explain why I try to parachute into a draft. All right. Well, here we go. Let's see what happens. If this is what, it, if this is how it stays, um, we're just, we're not going to get anything out of this mock draft. A um, couple of people just did pop in. So it's down to five now. Um, let's give them a chance. Maybe, maybe this won't be a complete disaster. It's looking like it may be a disaster. Ugh. Oh, wait a minute. One more. One more in there. Well, still please like and subscribe, even if this turns out to be the worst mock draft you've ever seen. Hey, one other person just joined. All right, we're down to only three. That guy, Ryan, who was in and then left early when it looked like everybody was auto-drafting. Now he's the guy who looks like the real Jack, you know what. Because if he was still in there, we'd only be at two. Cartier down in that last spot. All right, so it's not a complete wreck. We'll get a little bit of information. Three autos is not great. That's probably the way it's going to stay here, unless that Ryan dude pops back in. Come on, Ryan. I don't know who you are, but hopefully you're listening, and, and you can 
come make this not a messy mock draft. Uh, one thing we've seen here, um, just looking at some of the ADP data, uh, Shea is now basically back into a dead heat with Steph for that sixth pick. That one hasn't fully settled. Later on today, we're going to be doing a, a uh, another episode of Fantasy NBA to the, the normal episode of Fantasy NBA today. Uh, that's going to be getting into that next bucket of players that I believe starts kind of with Lowry Markkinen. So uh, make sure to, to subscribe to the traditional podcast if you want to hang out with me on that one. But for now, we'll just do a little uh, little recon mock here. You guys know my move. I'm not taking the players that I'm actually targeting in these drafts. I'm mostly looking at the guys that... Uh, I want to know where they're going to go if I don't take them. All right, I guess we got 9 out of 12. We'll just have to settle with it. So we'll probably only go about top 40, top 50 on this one. This will be a relatively short mock. I'm up third. Jokic, Embiid go 1-2. Luka's pretty much going 3 in every draft, so I'm just going to take Luka here uh, because I'm not that concerned with where he goes off the board. I'm I'm much more interested in where Tatum, Halliburton, Shea, Steph go and then that next group um, which is going to get screwed up by the two autos so unfortunately we won't learn a ton about the end of the first round but because most of the people in this draft uh, towards the front end first six picks in this are actually real live humans right now we actually will get some pretty good information um, on the end of the second round and the early third and early first although that's Pretty well locked in stone. The things that I'm trying to learn, if you guys want to sort of play along with me on this game, the things I'm trying to learn are how does that 8 through 16 range go, which in this particular draft, we're not going to get good information on that because of where the auto picks are happening. Because there goes Tatum. Uh, Shea went before Halliburton in this one, so a little bit of a tweak there. And then Steph at 7. That's the way it always goes. Kevin Durant at 8. LaMelo Ball at 9. Um... I think that was an auto. Yeah, that's the first of the autos, LaMelo. So now, well, actually, well, so maybe that dude set his because LaMelo is not pre-ranked ahead of Dame. It's possible that this Kevin fellow is actually auto-picking off of a set list. So maybe this is not quite as disgusting. Or maybe he made that pick and then took off because we did lose someone in there. Dame, AD, these guys are getting autoed right now. Cartier goes Giannis at 12. A little surprising to see him drop that far, but again, some of that has to do with the auto pick and Giannis being pre-ranked at 14. Let's just get back through this run of autos here towards the end of the first, beginning of the second. Uh, ooh, Demonis Sabonis goes off at 13. Interesting. We're going to likely see JJJ and Booker come off the board here to the two auto players, and then we'll mostly have real live people, and we'll kind of see, because this, this is a, a, a big chunk of players, and I'm curious what order they go in, so I, I'm... Excited to see what happens after JJJ and Booker get auto-picked here. All right, we wait, we wait, we wait. There goes JJJ. There goes Booker. Okay, uh, so only one auto here over the next eight teams. Uh, and that's a good thing, because that means we'll actually get to see what's going on. So Jimmy Butler goes 17. Ant-Man goes 18 on the auto. Donovan Mitchell it's kind of the second of that next bucket. I mean, I didn't think Jimmy Butler was going anywhere near this bucket, but here he is. Very surprising. That I don't think is something you're going to count on in most of your leagues, but Donovan Mitchell going as the first player in that next group is interesting to me. 
and something you're seeing more of as he now is kind of gaining ground on Mikhail Bridges. Freddie Van Vliet goes next. That's a little surprising. Usually we're seeing him go a little bit more towards the back end of this fifth or sixth grouping of players. I keep forgetting how we catalog them. Friends, please do remember to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Thumbs up, subscribe, thumbs up, please. We want to keep growing this YouTube page. Cat goes 21. That's really interesting. Okay, so he's pushing up the board. I'm going Kawhi because, I, I, again, I'm not that curious where he's going to go. So we'll go Kawhi here and screw up everybody in the draft and wonder what the hell Dan's doing. There goes Trey. He's going in this range uh, much better head-to-head. Darius Garland at 14 is really in- Okay, so this is... I'm glad we stuck around here for the end of the second, beginning of the third. LeBron goes 25. Well, this draft is is taking crazy pills. This draft is straight coconuts. James Harden falls all the way to 26. I mean, I even I would probably take him there. Mikhail Bridges is still on the board at 27. So is Desmond Bain. I'm going to go Paul George because I want to see how far those guys fall. I don't want Paul George here. I want nothing to do with Paul George here, but I'm doing it because I want to see... Because we still have three more live humans before we get to the next auto, which would ultimately then take Mikhail Bridges. But, boy, this is this is a wacky one. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Uh, I'm probably going to sign out after we get through this run. There goes Bridges finally. Not an auto pick. And frankly, he should very much go by 28. So now you're down where he, and Desmond Bain at 29. These are incredible values for those guys here. All right, let's see where we go in this next grouping now. Because you got Larry Markinen, Bam, or uh, sorry, Jimmy Butler, LeBron are already off the board in this group. I took Kawhi just to get him out of the way. Is this going to be Markinen here at 30? Or do they go Brunson, Miles Turner, Pascal Siakam? Those guys are all very reasonable grabs in this range. Vooch still floating around out there. So it goes Bam, then Lowry gets auto-picked, and I think this might be the last pick that I actually pay attention to because this run of autos... Well, all right, you know, let's just get these autos off the board. Vooch goes 32 to the last living being in this part of the draft. I'm not even paying attention to these picks. Let's just... Cartier, you get two guys at the end of it, but you're like... He's got the easiest job on earth because he knows three auto-picks are going right in front and right behind him. You know, he... He knows exactly who's coming off the board. All right, we're back into some real people now, so let's uh, 
let's through, sit through these. I guess the good news is that because so many teams at the back end of this draft are auto-drafting, it's going very fast at that part. <laughs> it's annoying. Uh, but we can still learn from this front end here. So uh, Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holmgren are the, the two names at the top of the board right now. But again, you know, we're in a run of six straight players that are real. And there goes Victor. Victor goes at 44 in this draft, and we just lost somebody else. So not a stretch of six in a row. Now it's a stretch of five in a row. They're peeling off one by one. OG Ananobi goes at 45. Uh, who am I not interested in here? I'm not interested in Brandon, Brandon Ingram. I want nothing to do with him. I'm drafting an anti-Dan team right now. So Jalen Brown goes 47, which is fine. Non-exciting. Jalen Brown is is sort of old manny this year. Cade goes 48, Holmgren 49. Those are kind of exciting picks in this range. I don't know if either of them beat it. Holmgren might. Cade, mm, yeah, he could beat that too. 48's pretty deep for him to fall. Julius Randle goes 50. That's surprising. Who am I also not interested in here? I guess Aiton I'm not that in. No, I kind of want to know how far he would fall if nobody touched him. Um, We'll go DeMar, just because it's, again, very boring. So this draft is now becoming less and less interesting. When we had six teams in a row that were real here at the front end, that was actually kind of useful information. So there goes Aiton. There goes Jamal Murray. And now here's this part of the draft that we don't really need to pay attention to. Um, if it continues to fly the way it has been, we'll let this thing run a little bit longer. I know it's super annoying for you guys um, to watch all of this this auto stuff going on towards the end of the round. This is actually a good opportunity for me to peel over to the YouTube chat room and see what's going on. Uh, we got QQWW says hi. Hello. Welcome to Injured City. Yeah, that's <laughs> the old man squad. Uh, the very old man squad. I think real drafts will be more down to earth, to be honest. Yeah, and, and this is true, by the way. It's a good point, QQWW. Um, people are not going to take the same chances they take in a mock draft. Which So when you see something really out of left field, you can usually kind of throw that away. It's not something you should plan around, but you should be ready for weird stuff because someone in your draft is going to do something weird. Mikhail was being taken too high. For per game, yeah. For totals, no. I mean, he was number five by totals last year. So that's that balancing act. See Nature TV. Will you have guests on your podcast soon, Dan, like the past years? Um, usually that happens. We usually do that towards the end of September, beginning October. So um, the answer is probably. Some of it comes down to scheduling. I like to do a roto mock with a bunch of dudes first, and then we break that down. Um, right now, I'm just doing recon. Right now, I'm just doing recon. Uh, why not Brandon Ingram? Um, because he hasn't played a full season of basketball, I don't think, in his NBA career. we got to go back like five, six, seven years for him to stay healthy. Um, and then if you assume Zion's back, his role gets smaller. He's looked bad for Team USA, which is also sort of a bad look. Anyway, by the way, we're back near me here. Um, Paolo Boncaro, Rudy Gobert going at 68 and 69. I mean, we're we're not taking much away at this point. I will go... Who am I not that interested in here? Uh, I'll go Jalen Green because I'm probably not going to end up with him at any point. Um, Clint Capella, 71. I mean, this is an interesting spot in a draft. I, I, I'm about to turn my auto draft on. This is an interesting spot because I mentioned on the last mock on Monday... 
that you're actually getting kind of a run of old man types between like 65 and 80 this year also there's there's a couple little mini bunches of them instead of all of them being smooshed together which i think is going to be great for us it's hard when the, all the old man types, the, the boring producers, are all between 25 and 50, because that means we can get like two, maybe three of them. But if they're spaced out a little bit more, we might be able to just pile up the guys falling. You know, get the one you like in the 20s, get the one you like in the 30s, get the one you like, there aren't many in the 40s, get the one you like in the 50s, the 70s, the 80s. We might be able to get five, six of our targets this year in the early to mid rounds, which is relatively new and unusual. Uh, Tyler Hero, Jalen Duran going real early. Um, this mock is is getting kind of weird. Um, we're at 75 at this point. I I'll go D'Lo because he's another guy I'm not targeting. But again, the this this information is is crap now. Um, hope you talk about punting soon. Yeah, so you know I can talk about it for just a second here on this one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my auto draft on because I no longer care about what's going on in this in in this mock draft. Uh, and I'll make my face a little bit bigger so you guys can can see my Twitter handle, at Dan Vesperus. Again, please do hit the thumbs up and subscribe to this pod. We're going to do more mocks. Hopefully, uh, you know, this one got screwed up by everybody at the end of the first round being autoed. So we learned about the beginning of the first, end of the second, beginning third, and four, beginning five. And then things got a little bit cockamamie from that point on. So uh, punting, my general idea on punting is that I, I don't, usually go into a draft in a nine-cat league, head-to-head or roto. I don't usually go into a draft with a set punt in mind. I do believe that in head-to-head nine-category leagues, it's wise to eventually punt a category. Or if you feel like doing it on draft night, you can do it on draft night. It rearranges the board in a little bit. My great fear with punting on draft night is that you end up doing a punt that's the same as someone else in your league. And then you've shrunk the player pool so much by punting as it is. Um, and then if you put another person attacking that same player pool, then it gets real small. So that's why I'm a big fan of what I call the give up, which in Roto, the term the give up actually probably makes more sense because you're looking at ROI on, you know, I'm like bottom three in points. For me, it's often points because I draft these boring old teams where the guys don't score all that much. I get to mid-December, late December, I realize my team's not very good at scoring. I'll give up. Like, let's say I have Jalen Brown on a team. It looks like this might be a year where I end up with Jalen Brown every once in a while because he is falling to a more reasonable spot in drafts, basically where he finishes most years but he scores a lot 26 27 points a game last year um but i'm looking at my team and i'm looking like you know i'm i'm sort of low in the pack and scoring that's jalen's best category what what if i could go out there and i could take jalen brown and i could flip him for drew holiday say because those two guys are relatively closely ranked last year um Jalen Brown has a seven-point-per-game scoring advantage and about one, one-and-a-half rebound-per-game advantage. But Holiday's got him by four assists, uh, a fraction of a steal. He's better at free-throw shooting. He's better at three-point shooting. Maybe that's not the best example, but you look at the guys nearby to the one you're moving and think, maybe I could even trade down. Like last year, and I wouldn't do this. You could get more than that. Uh, and he was injured a lot. But, like, what if you wanted Mitchell Robinson? You could get Mitchell Robinson like that for Jalen Brown. I'm not saying it makes sense, 
But if you're bottom of the pack in scoring, and the farthest you could fall in scoring is to go from, like, getting three Roto points to one, but if you pick up Mitchell Robinson, uh, let's say you can gain two points in field goal percent and one in rebounding and two in blocks, you're giving up two points to get something like five back. And don't, like... I get it, you know, you're losing three-pointers there as well, blah, blah, blah. There's other stuff at play. Free throws gets worse. The point is you're looking for ROI on those midseason trades. In head-to-head, it's not so much a give-up as it is, what are my strengths and how do I lean into them? If you draft a team in your head-to-head league and at the end of, I don't know, seven weeks of play or something like that, you have a, a reasonable idea, you should probably give it eight. You have a pretty good idea of what your team is good and bad at. If your team is just sort of not that great at assists, then I think you can move into a punt assist because it's not that hard to make midseason trades if you're willing to actually give up a tiny bit more than you get back if there's a particular player you're targeting. We're all so worried about winning every trade that we forget to win a trade doesn't mean to get the guy who's higher in the rankings back. It's to get the guy that fits what you're trying to do with your team back. I want to try to punt and specialize now because I ended up a third or second. So the other thing with punting, and, and we'll talk a couple minutes more here just because the draft is is bunk and, and you've got me. Um, again, a reminder, please thumbs up and subscribe. I've got another show coming later today. We're going to talk about guys like Larry Markin and LeBron James, Jimmy Butler. We're getting into that next sort of grouping of players uh, as we work our way through the draft board. I actually find that it's kind of the opposite, where if you're punting a couple of things, let's say you're punting two categories, because it's actually really hard in head-to-head now to just punt one without suffering a decent amount in at least one other thing. A lot of categories are sort of correlated. You know, if you're punting threes, you might have some issues in other scoring categories or free throws or steals. Like, not necessarily true, but a lot of times things kind of go together, like big man stats, guard stats. I actually find it's really hard to get a first-round buy if I'm punting uh, because I find that my team ends up being very, very good in five, sometimes six things, awful in one, maybe two, and still like kind of in a third one. And then you're going to get with a couple of injuries at some point during the year where if you lose some of your your advantageous positions, now you're losing bigger. That's the thing with the punt. You win smaller during the regular season and you can lose bigger. But during the playoffs, you have a much higher probability of winning 5-4 to four or 6-3 to three of advancing round to round. So punt has kind of that weird trade-off where uh, it's harder to be the top two team and get that first round by, which in my opinion is one of the most important things in head-to-head leagues because there's so much chance in a playoff week. If you can avoid one week, what if all your guys got hurt on the week that you got to buy? Saves your season, basically. So that's, again, why I don't really... I'm not a huge proponent of leaning hard into the punt. I, I much prefer to try to win a crap ton of regular season games and then lean into those strengths as you start to get a little closer to the playoffs and really try to build that thing up. If someone in your league pulls off the perfect punt, they probably beat you in the playoffs in that scenario. But it's actually quite hard in a competitive league to pull off the perfect punt. Someone else is doing something that's going to mess you up a little bit. Yeah, the soft punt. Well said. Matthew, what's up, dude? 
Uh, don't completely punt any category. You can squeeze out points on the bottom end of categories against managers who who fully commit. Yeah, very true. If you soft punt, you can steal an extra probably five to ten wins over the course of a season, and that's often the difference between either being in the playoffs and being out in your fantasy league or being like fourth place versus second. That first round buy is such a huge, huge deal. So anyway, today we learned some stuff about the back end of the second round, the beginning of the third, back, fourth, beginning five. I'm sorry we didn't get more out of the mock draft, but hopefully we got a little bit um, out of the uh, strategy discussion. Last time, fourth and final reminder, please do. I do need you guys to hit that thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube page. Check me out on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, and follow the podcast, Fantasy NBA Today. I'll go ahead and just type that into the chat room so everybody can see it if you're new to this realm. There it is. Fantasy NBA Today available everywhere that podcasts can be found. I'll be back in probably about an hour and a half, two hours to break down the next few guys on the uh, ADP draft board. And uh, I will likely see you there. Let's see. What do we got here from uh, from C Nature TV? Hard time planning a punt points build and head to head. Hard part is taking care of both of your percentage while punting points because most of the punt points players are bad at a certain percentage. Um. You know, Jokic obviously is your your punt points champion of the universe. I actually find it not that hard to be good at percentages because you typically can avoid the volume clankers. So my mine tends to go the other way. When I punt points, I'm usually pretty damn good at percentages, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, because you're hunting all these guys where their job is just to go out there and be efficient. Just be efficient. Be decent, at least, at both percentages. And then all you need is, like, one guy to lift you in each of them. And you can usually get that guy at the beginning of the first round. Because remember, even if you're punting points, you still have a first and second round pick. It's not like you're going to go get somebody who sucks at scoring. Tyrese Halliburton only scores 20 points per game, which, for a first rounder, is pretty low, actually. But he's giving you awesome threes, assists, steals on great percentages. So there are ways to do this punt points thing. You don't want to think at the beginning, like, I'm targeting low-scoring guys. Just remember, like, at the beginning of your draft, all of these guys are putting the basketball in the hoop. Those are the guys that are going to float your percentages, and then just later on, make sure you don't take, like, a punt guy. That's the key. All right, everybody, shutting it down for real this time. I don't know how I managed to turn this crap draft into 25 minutes, but we'll see y'all later.